Hello. If your heart believes in dreaming, there's a other place I know. Well, life it rolls on by without a care for tomorrow. That was the life for me. That was the life. Play more. I know the phone rang and it got distracting, but play more. It was the wrong key. Oh, really? No, oh, it's the, not the wrong key. No, the phone. The phone oh, was the, the phone, wrong yeah. key. Okay, we're on right now, right? We, we're on. We're, we're live. Hey, world. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is my... My blue guitar. It's gorgeous. This is a Bish guitar, and there's proof. Oh, no, oh, you have your own line of guitars. No, no, no. There's only this, this one. There's only one. There's only <laughs> one Bish guitar. Only Bish one Bish guitar. guitar. This is made by Danny Farrington. Let's hear that, baby. Actually, the theme of the new Benji movie. Uh, that's the theme, uh, and it's played in there twice. And I wrote it with my good friend Kurt Sobel, and uh, it's kind of exciting. It's kind of a nice thing. It's on Netflix if you want to. Um, uh, um, it it sounded it sounded like it was a movie theme song, so I'm loving that yeah. it is. I wouldn't have thought to to watch Benji, but now I'm gonna have to think about it. Okay, so I can't see anything that's going on because the computer's freaking out, but Jack Hoffman is saying legend, and people are freaking out over here that you're, that you're, Stephen, um, I'm really happy, we're in Stephen's home, and there are things in this house, like, 
the back of the guitar that was smashed in Animal's house, signed by everybody, including Belushi, which is amazing. There's a picture of the Beatles signed by all the Beatles. Did you see that, Louise? I did not. There are Beatles up there. There are gold records. There's a platinum I record. I didn't because it's in my purse. There's a big... There's a big... There's a big purse. <laughs> big purse. And a really big painting of Jimi Hendrix's house is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so you get you get to, to, to have this wonderful life because you've led an amazing life. So we've, yeah. we've done this once before on an audio podcast, but it's different because now... We can we can look at each other and people can look at you and that's very nice. So yeah. so we so we want to hear the stories again because a lot of these people were not around when we were doing it last time. Um. So okay, so before we get into like how you came to be you, let's talk about where you're going now because you've got a lot of you've got an amazing stuff coming up because you're going on tour. Going on tour. And you're going to be all over the United States. Be all over the place. July fourth in L.A. By the way, for anybody who's here and. August 16th in New York at the Cutting Room, for those of you who are there. But I'm going to post the link to Stephen's tour schedule. So, uh, on, on, uh, I do know uh, July 4th, yeah, we're playing with Ambrosia and Al Jardine uh, from the Beach Boys at uh, the Terrania Resort. Wait, wait, I don't even know. Where, where is that? That's in Palos Verdes. It's a beautiful place. Is it? Amazing hotel. Can people like for, who are not staying at the hotel go to the concert? I would think so. Okay, we're going to Fireworks? check it out. No, I don't, I don't know if there's fireworks. There has to be fireworks on the 4th of July. I mean, if July. I'm there, there'll be fireworks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, Louise, I was going to tell you, we're not going to do a regular road taken on the 4th of July because it would be crazy because people are going to be out. But maybe the kids and I will go see Stephen and then we yeah. can shoot live from there, which would be hysterically be fun. Um, okay, so, and also there's a documentary getting made. That's right. Uh, working hard on that. Um, Right now we're in the editing stage, but... Uh, oh, it's all shot? I didn't realize it was all shot already. Oh, it's all shot, yeah. All right. Well, we have some interviews to do with okay. people but who have toured there, but, uh, you know... Um, What's the name of the documentary? The name of the documentary is It Might Be You. It's... it's um, what a catchy title. <laughs> it's all about, really, about the, my trip there and how crazy the Philippines is, which a lot of people don't know anything about the Philippines. It's really when, interesting. When was the trip? Oh, it just came back for like two weeks ago. So this is brand new footage. Brand new, yeah. Okay. Brand new. Uh, maybe in the Philippines. But uh, yeah, my co-producer uh, filmed it and did a great job and it just looks amazing. And, and we have a promo for it. and um, We'll put that on the, on the links too. That'd be great. That'd be great. So now was this, was it mostly live concert footage? What's it was mostly live concert footage and then uh, other things along the way, some of my hijinks, you know, me acting goofy and stupid, uh, which I'm excellent at. Uh, and uh, We want that in our rocks. And, and lots of stuff, like, the, you know, uh, the other things that go along with, like, for example, I want to have um, a clip of, uh, from Waiting to Exhale, at the last scene is Whitney Houston, yeah. And of all things, Whitney Houston, and you know all these great uh, actresses who were there, mm -hmm. in the, in, and there's like four of them in the in the in a car, and they have it might be you playing by uh, Roberta Flack. So um, in the movie, I can't believe this, but uh, Whitney Houston says, "Oh, that's Tookie," or uh, "That's Stephen." Oh, come on, stop! So help me God, that's that is a little bit of uh, trivia there. <laughs> That's really cool. And I went, she said my name. Oh. I'm going to have to talk in this accent for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
That's really cool. Okay, yeah. so there'll be little tidbits like that in the documentary. Oh, yeah, things. that and, you know, and a lot of So what stuff. kind of interviews are they going to be in there? Well, I'm hoping to get all the, you know, people that have been there, uh, the, the grooviest of groovy people. Okay. <laughs> So you showing? Are you showing us like native life? Are you eating like native food? Are you oh yeah, like, talking um, about the food. Okay. The food was, food was challenging at times. They're very used to it, you know. Um, but at times, How so? well, for example, there is this. There's this thing called fish eye soup, and it's a soup with this giant tuna eyeball. Oh, like just God. There. You would and, love that, Louise. And oh, I've, my you know, God. I always say I've never eaten anything that's looking back at me <laughs> as I've eaten it. And and that and some other really odd things, like lamb tongue stew and, you know, weird stuff. Did you lose weight while you were there? I did. Yeah. That might be... I, I need to do about <laughs> three Filipino months in the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I, that would be very awful. I actually first went there in 1980, and I have film in the documentary uh, from that period. Not, oh gosh. From 1980. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? So, and I went is, there originally be, uh, to study faith healers because I heard about faith healers. And I had hurt my wrist and then I heard that John Newcomb went there and he it's got healed or something. Did you get healed? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind no, of it. So, really. so the footage from the 80s is not concert footage. It's you going yeah, it's on. Oh, footage. it is. It's yeah. concert. Yeah. It's and, and you want. I have the little. 90s also. So you're big in the Philippines. I'm big in the Philippines. I've been there many times, 11 times. Can you imagine? But it's challenging now. Uh, it's uh, no, it's well, great. it's challenging in that you know it's it's just a whole the food is mm -hmm. something that can you travel with food? you know if you if you uh, yeah I mean and we do we mm -hmm. go to Burger King and we travel <laughs> <laughs> and I try and digest is Burger um, King in the Philippines like Burger King here the Philippines is a fast food country is it really they are not about you know hey this is incredible. Fish Florentine or anything, <laughs> you know. I mean, they have some really great sushi places there, but I bet. Uh, for the most part, they're like you know, fast food is is their thing. They're the, it's I think for, for the most part, Jolly Bee is a place that we had we shot in there too. What's Jolly Bee? That's their big uh, fast food place. Okay, is it hamburgers? It's hamburgers and. Fried chicken and fried chew, and many fried anything. Fried chew. Well, you know anything fried tastes good. That's yeah. <laughs> I just had my cholesterol test. I have to stop all of that stuff. Oh, I know. Yes. It's a fried food. It's uh, so good. Though. I know, but it's so bad. It's bad. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So we have this great documentary to look forward to. You're going to be touring all over the United States, and then you're also going overseas. Oh yeah, and and uh, going to Japan in. Uh, October. Pretty Again, fast. I just was there last year, but they love me. What can I say? <laughs> well, who doesn't love you, That's Stephen? Right. You know, I, I just want to say that um, Stephen's not promoting this, but I freaked out because I had never seen this before, Songs in the Rough. And what it is, is it's literally like the actual... Rough drafts. Rough drafts of songs, like of songs. on like whatever. Three paper, years of research. Whatever paper they w were done on, this is like incredible. Yeah. Um, how did you get like Levon? How did you get the actual? I got it through different people. I mean, this wow. the, the rough draft uh, was owned by this girl that I knew uh, had this store in Sunset, 
and for some reason she had it because I think uh, uh, he had given it to her, Bernie Toppin. And you know, each one has its own story. You know, it's a good story is uh, this one, um, these two brothers. This is Stephen's book. Oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, I put that because I have people writing in it. So. Let's let's hear. Uh, yeah, let's, this is yeah. a good story. Okay. Uh, these two uh, songwriters, uh, they were brothers, mm -hmm. the Dreesy brothers, and uh, they uh, one of them, Donna Dreesy, was going out with this girl, so he brings her, he's really in love with her, he brings her to her doorstep, and she turns at him and looks at him and says, Don, will the, there ever be a time where you grow tired of me? And he oh, goes, come on. he goes, never, my love. <gasps> No, the association. No, that's really? Right. So that's in there. That, 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 <laughs> oh, never, my God. Yeah, never my love is in here somewhere. They're uh, having a very farty conversation, but it made for a really great song. Yeah, so, I don't all know right. where it is. So do, so do you have but, the, the stories behind each song? So so I'm just saying he woke up uh, yeah. He woke up his brother. They yeah. woke up the parents. You oh. see the the coffee st uh, stain on the rough draft. It's, it's, it's a great rough draft. And they wrote Never My Love from that uh, experience. But did he grow tired of her? <laughs> uh, Is he I still think he her? did. Yeah. No, no I shouldn't say that. But no, so um, he knew when he said it, ah, this is a song, and he ran inside well, and woke everybody up? I think people know, song, good songwriters uh, know when there's a good title. I'm all about the title. I, I, I write from titles. If I hear a great title, you know, I, I was in a, 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 a video store once, and I just saw this title, New York in the 50s. And I went, oh, God, what an interesting song that would be. And so I wrote it, New York in the 50s. No, I can't play it on a right. guitar. Okay. But but you have a piano inside that I heard you don't play either. No. No. All right. So if you can, but, but when you started, you played the clarinet? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Okay, I, so. I played silver clarinet. I played the clarinet, but I cheated. I really couldn't really play. So I was in orchestra in school. It was a terrible thing. What, you were in orchestra and yeah. you were cheating? I was totally cheating. I couldn't really, I was, yeah, because I had my hair over and so I wasn't really, <laughs> so was, yeah, it was, great. it was, it was, yeah, because I was really looking down. I wasn't really looking at the, anyway, yeah, I was a terrible oh, musician. God. But so, so you started playing clarinet, how old? Were your parents musicians? I was 10. Uh, no. Well, my dad was actually a singer. Uh, he used to sing in nightclubs and stuff uh, in Florida. Um, he did that briefly, and then. Um, what was his occupation? Uh, back then, uh, well, he became a big insurance salesman. But uh, you know, back then he was, you know, just a singer. My dad was to make one it. too. Oh, really? Mountains, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, he was an MC. So you come from a, a sort of musical family. Kind of. My stepfather, you know, was a, was an opera singer and taught oh, wow. opera. And worked at the hardware store and gave me a hard time about playing guitar. So I didn't. He was Did my you grow up with person. him? Did I what? Was, did you grow up with him, your yes, stepfather? Yes, from the age of eight. Okay, and then you started playing clarinet for school. Is that why you started? Yeah. Um, oddly enough, he he's the one who bought me the clarinet. Oh. But. Um, but he didn't want you. To play. I didn't stick to clarinet because the the you know the Beatles came along and the Stones and everybody was like wow you know the British invasion and I got caught up in all that I loved it I thought it was the greatest still do did you yeah <laughs> did you know did you know this is what what was the first thing you wanted to be when you grew up like did you have a dream when you Rich. were a kid <laughs> that's a lofty goal yeah really um 
Okay, besides, how did you think you were going to get rich? Did you, did you want to be a rock star? What did you want to do? Well, no, I'll tell you the truth. I really, uh, in the beginning, I really um, formed a band with my friend Mark and... Uh, playing clarinet? Come on. Yeah, for... Uh, no, not playing clarinet. <laughs> I started playing uh, guitar. Uh, how old? My brother got me a guitar when I was 13. Mm -hmm. And I started playing electric guitar. And then I formed this band, The Weeds. And uh, with my buddy, and uh, you know, try to. I remember at one point, it's so funny. We we're so naive that we we discovered this this place that made records yeah. back then. Uh huh. They made forty fives, mm -hmm. and we went in there, and I said, I asked the guy, I said, uh, how much to record and, and make a record? And he went twenty dollars, and I was like. $20. How are we going to make $20? You know, I couldn't even make $20 back then. Where did you grow up? Uh, San Diego. Okay, so San Diego, your father's a singer and then insurance salesman. Your stepfather is what? A creep. <laughs> a creep. Okay, I, I, I gather not creative, not a, in a creative field. No, not really. I had to promise to clean up the, the backyard for the rest of my life to watch the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Um, that's a little harsh. So, what kind of music were you playing in your first band? Um, let's see, you want to hear a weed song? Yeah. Okay. She told me that she wouldn't try to love me, and that was a lie. But I know that when she comes back, she will tell me. shaped after you know the stones because I love the stones back yeah. then so were you, like, were you, you know, a stones more than a beat no I had I, I, I actually I I went back and forth mm -hmm. Beatles I was like love the Beatles but I, I did love the stones mm -hmm. I went you know I, I remember writing this song when I was 14 called Northwood and it was, I sang it like uh, you know uh, give us a taste in Northwood, you know, I tried to sing it like <laughs> Mick Jagger. In Northwood, in Northwood, in Northwood, in Northwood. Anyway, what happens? <laughs> what happens in Northwood? <laughs> I got it somewhere in there. I, mean, right. I wrote. I've written over six hundred fifty songs. Okay, so when? How? Did, how? How did you? start that how did that start for you how did songwriting start for you um the first song i ever wrote was with my guitar and it was like, i know that she loves me 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 you know just on open without anything pressed down you know and then i after that i started i was actually um you know i wrote uh Pretty silly songs, you know, like There's a Hair in Your Enchilada and Beer Can on the Beach and, you know, uh, She Took All My Kumquats and stuff like that. <laughs> and then I got my heart broken uh, by this girl when I was 15 and a half and mm -hmm. I started writing serious songs. And I've always thought, <clears throat> if you want to be a good songwriter, you've got to get your heart broken. Oh, yeah. So, are there stories... Is there always a story behind the song that is relevant to the song, or sometimes do you just write a song? I think 
think there's um, sometimes a story. Um, there's there's uh, and sometimes there's not really. I mean, I I, I was just immediately I thought of my song Madge, um, which was written from a dream. I I, I wrote that from a dream. Yeah. And uh, just had a dream about this old guy and, you know, living his life, and, and I wrote it. Okay, so when you're at concerts, Stephen, do you, do you tell the stories behind your songs? Do you do, you do that? Or do you just move from, from number to number? I mean, I've seen you play out, but I've seen you in, in conjunction with other people. When you're doing your own show, do you, do you talk about where the song came from? Sometimes. I, mean, I love when, when uh, I love to hear that stuff, because oh, maybe we can do a little of that today. You can tell us where some of these well, hits like, came from. Oh, yeah, that would be easy. I'm just thinking of this other thing, you know. I'm, just, tell. I'm thinking, of, and she knows that story. Uh, you know, the story of Natchez, uh, Mississippi. Don't tell that story. Okay. Why? <laughs> Why can't he tell that story? No, maybe. Liz's maybe manager is going, no, no, do no, not tell yeah, that story. Right. That's, that's right. the story we want. We want the story. No, we don't want that no, story. We okay. <laughs> well, we'll wait for a good story. Maybe we'll, uh, if uh, hell freezes over, we'll want that story. <laughs> <laughs> is it why why don't we want this story because we're going on tour because you're going on tour and somebody oh, would be why. upset by she's it. so I'll good you, yes he I'll, I'll tell you later in the car uh, we'll talk about it later in the car <laughs> talk about uh, Balut and oh yeah yeah I, oh, I he's getting talk. prompted here on what stories he can tell <laughs> okay well there's this um, there's this thing that's very popular in, in the Philippines and yeah. it's called Balut which is? Which is, um, I was there in 1980, and I was there at my friend's house in the country. And down the street comes this guy yelling, Balut! Balut! <laughs> and he's, he's uh, he got a rattan, like a rattan uh, basket, you know, a straw basket. And he's going, Balut! And you see these guys in, in their robes running out of the, their house, you know, one Balut, please! You know, <laughs> and I'm like seeing some of this, and I'm like, what is this about? Yeah. So uh, I asked my friend, what is Balut? And he says, um, <clears throat> it's an aphrodisiac, an aphrodisiac, and you're supposed to eat it in the dark. So I go, well, what is it exactly? It's a, this is really gross, but it's a duck embryo that what? people eat. So I said, one Balut, I got to figure this out if this is going to like really be exciting. So... I got the balloon. I went into the a room. Well, I, what, I, what condition is this duck embryo in? Like an egg. You, you're getting you're getting a, a squishy raw. Getting them just duck duck kind of half cooked. Disgusting. Okay. I just try was trying to you know go along with tradition. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway. Tevye never ate a duck egg. I'm sorry. All right, go ahead. So anyway, so I so I finally I was in the dark mm -hmm. and it was lonely, but somehow. <laughs> I went past that, yeah. and I ate it in the dark, and then I just couldn't keep my hands off myself. I was just so attracted to myself. No, wait, why? I finally had been to me. <laughs> no, why are you supposed to eat it in the dark? Is there, what's, is there a mythology about this that you're supposed to? I don't know. Okay, so did, you, did, you, thing. did you feel anything? Well, to tell you the truth, I still feel something. <laughs> I feel very randy at the strangest times. Was it disgusting? Yes. It was kind of disgusting. It was kind of disgusting. It sounds pretty disgusting. 
All right, that's pretty disgusting. So did you write a song about the balloon? No, you haven't no, written no, a song no, about no, the balloon. No, no, and then no song will be written about the balloon. <laughs> no, no. All right, no song about the balloon. Okay, so let's go back. So, so you're right. you're a kid. You you start this band, The Weeds. Were you smoking dope at the time? Is oh that, no, no, no. We didn't even we didn't even put it together. The the, the weeds. We we like put the weeds from the weeds in the backyard. We were very naive, very wow. naive. Now, now it's uh, it would be a different group for sure now. And what, what did you, was there like a girl? Like, were you motivated by like love? Was there? A, did you have a crush on a girl? Did you do it because you'd get girls? Like, what? What? Was yeah, we played this uh, place, Kalina Park, mm -hmm. in San Diego, and uh, you know, it was the first time I noticed girls really noticing me and um. stuff and talking to me because I was so shy back then. I couldn't talk to girls. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd get these girls walking up to me and going, I really like your songs. That's about it. <laughs> so, so would that be enough to, like, start something so that, like, did you start having girlfriends once you start playing out? Well, actually, yeah, we, yeah. we started, uh, we got the, the triplets uh, where these girls, uh, Pat, Pamela, and Priscilla, and they were these gorgeous, you know, girl triplets in school mm -hmm. and uh, each one of us from the weeds wound up going with a different triplet wow. and I went with Tr Priscilla. Uh -huh. Was she the queen of the triplets? She, I thought so. Yeah, she was really pretty <laughs> and uh, I wound up, uh, you know, we wound up one night we talked about the knack which was how to get girls and my, my, my friend was saying, my friend Keith was mm -hmm. saying, my sister told me this is how you get girls. First of all, you act like you don't like them. I was like, what? <laughs> the truth comes out. We know this is true. And I'm like 15 years old. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> you act like you don't like them. But why? <laughs> you know, Because that's how you do it. You do it. And then when you take them out on a date, you hold their hand. <laughs> this you know, is wisdom. Do I have to? You know, it was just that whole, it was a funny night, you know. So now, did it become a mess, like, when one of, like, who broke up with, like, a triplet and, like, the other two of you was still with a triplet? Like, was this an issue? Like, did you uh, stay with the queen of the triplets longer? No, no, I was, you know, she dumped me like a lead uh, potato uh, for the most part, you know, because I think I tried to, uh, I think we were in a, uh, we went to see a, a movie, this Peter, uh, you know, uh, the guy from uh, Herman's Hermits, Peter, Peter Noon. Noon. And it was this movie, uh, Listen to My Heartbeat, or some movie, Listen People, or something. And then I put my arm around her, you know, at one point, and she felt uncomfortable, and it didn't go well after that. Yeah, so that was the end of the triplet. All right, uh, so... It. It's not really much of a tale. Okay, so, so you're, 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 you moved from the, from the clarinet to the guitar, you're emulating the Stones, you're loving the Beatles. You're, do you know... Okay, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like, when do you say, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Did you know right away? No. No. What did you want? What did you want to <laughs> well, do? Well, my first, the, the, to tell you the truth, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in school, like in eighth grade or something, they gave me uh, this vocation form, and it said, uh, "What are the things you want to be?" So number one, I put uh, uh, songwriter. Oh. Number two, okay. I put singer. Number three, I put president of French's Mustard Company. <laughs> and because uh, that's where I really wanted to be, uh, president of French's Mustard. 
I loved French's Did mustard. you? Oh, I, I loved it. No, back then. I like oh, the God. brown. I put it on everything. Stuff. Oh no, I oh, love it. Love the it. yellow mustard. And uh, I think that was about it. Yeah. Well, so you knew early on you wanted to be a songwriter or a history That's... teacher. Yeah, I oh, wanted to be no. a history. T I really thought I was going to be a history teacher because I was really into history big time. So, so you're going to school. You're playing in a band. Do you go to college? No, I never went to college. I went to the School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> The school Maybe of you've Hard heard of that college. <laughs> I've heard of the, the School of Hard Knocks. So, are you? Are you? When do you start making money as a musician? When it is weird that I didn't go to college, but oh, you know, I'm, I'm you did okay. okay. I, I did all right. Yeah, you did okay. I wrote some songs. <laughs> so, were you were you already successful getting out of high school that you didn't have to go to college? What what happened? No, there? I mean, I knew that what what uh, as soon as I got out of high school, mm -hmm. I would go up to L.A. and try and make it. So, the, uh, some of my band members went with me. And, uh, you know, I wound up just taking my, I had like an $11 guitar <laughs> back then. And I just took the guitar and walked around Hollywood and just knocked on doors. Okay, you have to tell this story because I, I know this people. story. So, who, like, tell us some of the doors that you knocked on when you decided you were going to be. Um, some of the doors. You knocked on some pretty interesting doors, as I recall, when you decided that you wanted to. to well, I, I mean, when I was just starting out. Okay, so when you were just starting out, did you like? Did you have a whole? Did you have a? a I don't know what it's called. Did you have a guitar? Like, no. Did you have a bunch of? Did you have a bunch of songs written, or did you only have five? Did you have a load? Oh, already? oh, oh! Well, I'll tell you this story. Okay. Uh, I knocked on this back then. There was Dot Records. I mean, this is really dating myself, but you know. There was Dot Records, mm -hmm. and so there was this guy named Milt, uh, Milt Rogers, was that his name? I think so. And uh, he was the main A&R guy, and so he saw me back then, and I was only, gosh, 17 and a half. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had, at that point, I had written a bunch of songs, and then he, um, I, he said, he kept saying, you know, play me another one, play me another one. So you were just going to so, play them. So I, yeah, I was playing them live. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Yes, it's okay. That's part of the show. We have dogs. We have, we have dogs and, and happiness. No. That's okay. Come on, Hi guys. Buddha out. Hi. Andy, he will play on and on in a little bit. People are are, are, are giving me their suggestions of what they did want you, you to did play. The, but... did the deposit go through? <laughs> <laughs> I usually I need a foot massage to play on and on. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Um, the dogs are going wild. Um, Here, uh, you can tell that, well, Liz is already outside, so you can't tell her now. She's, she's out there. Oh. She's gone. She's around the corner. Yeah. Um, my wife just got home. Ah, okay. So your wife let the dogs in? Yeah. She let the dogs in. All right, Steve, focus. They're, they're watching. Okay, sorry, sorry, so, sorry. Come on. It's like watching Liz, watching the sorry, dogs. Sorry, no, these people are watching you. So, okay, so wait, you were just going to tell us a story about, so Dot Records, so he said, okay. Yeah, Dot and Records, and I, and I, so I was playing them songs. So then I, I said, well, I've got this one song that maybe you're interested, you might like, and it's called Daisy Hawkins, and it was like a Buffalo Springfield kind of song, you know? It had a... So I, I like 
I'm liking every song so far. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't <laughs> Well, I wrote that when I was like 17. I was it's, really young. I'm liking it, yeah. So I played that for him, and he went, kid, that's a hit. And I went, wow. He said, that's really commercial. And I went, what's commercial mean? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what a commercial, you mean commercial, like the TV commercial? Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, he, he wound up like, so I wound up, my next appointment was with this uh, publisher, E.H. Morris, Steve Morris and Denny Deontay, these guys. And uh, this is a million years ago now. Mm -hmm. Uh, but this is like the building blocks of my career, really. It was like the early, early stages. Yeah, so to, that's, you know, Stephen, this is called The Road Taken because it's people that are trying to do what you've managed to do, how you managed to merge creativity. I think it's a different scene these days to Probably. try and get noticed or anything. It's tough. But you were very resilient and you tried a lot of, th you were, you did not go about it in a traditional manner. Right. Okay. Right. So uh, I was... Uh, so my next uh, appointment was with E.H. Morris, and they were a very big uh, musical uh, company. They put out uh, Hello, Dolly, and Bye Bye Birdie, mm -hmm. and, you know, Grease. Wait, so did Dot Records do anything with any of your music? Did I, it, I, I never heard back from them, because I wound up okay. um, going with E.H. Uh, e. Morris. I, t I told him the right thing. I said, this guy thinks this song is a hit. Mm -hmm. And so I played it for him, and we wound up going, they cut it. Right away, we we just cut a demo, and then we cut got this guy to record it named Jerry Cole, who was in the group Them, but nobody cares. And <laughs> so know. this was your first demo. Was that exciting for you? That oh god, exciting. yeah, yeah, it was also very exciting. I was like, you know, on my way. Then you know, I was gonna, uh, uh, you know, have a, and they signed me to a publishing deal at uh, fifty dollars a week. Wow, $50. how many songs did you have when you got signed? I think I had 200. Wow. What? Yeah, 200 that I wrote in San Diego. Yeah. Wow. You know. Did any of those get recorded? <laughs> any so, of your songs early songs? like, uh, 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 Will There Ever Be a Sunday in Nebraska? That was one. <laughs> or the, the Lotharian Queen, based on Lotharia. Make up, I made the whole thing up. This island called it Lotharia. So, well, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I did all that. I had my own little world back then uh, as a songwriter. You know, it was, uh, it was, you know, it was my okay, way well, of getting out. So, okay, so let me ask you something. Was there ever a plan B? Did you? Because it, it sounds to me like you knew you were going to do this. Like nothing was going to stop you. Did you ever have a plan B? Well, my dad wanted me to. He sent me a telegram at one point, and he said maybe you should give it all up and work for me in insurance. And I knew that was, I knew I didn't want to do that. I knew I, it was, this was the only thing I was pretty much good at. I mean, I had other jobs. I, I parked cars for a while for this rental agency and just caused quite a lot of damage. <laughs> uh, I'm just not a good car parker. So what other, what other um, job jobs did you, did you do along the way? Well, I, I uh, right before I left for Hollywood, uh, I worked at about four months as a dishwasher at the Chicken Kitchen. Nice. A Chicken Kitchen. Um, and that's humbling. Yeah, that was that was humbling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's part of the deal. Sure. And so while you were working at the Chicken Kitchen, were you also playing out gigs? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. I was just getting ready to leave. Okay. I mean, you know, I also worked at, a hardware, uh, at the hardware store at one point. 
And, you know, I didn't know anything about hardware. These guys would come up in the store, you know, a ratchet seven, go to the thing, the, the, the wheel nine. Or I go, sure. You know, I, I wouldn't know how anything worked. Nice. I'm sure the hardware store owner was very happy to have you. <laughs> I worked there two weeks, then I was fired. <laughs> oh, deservedly so, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so, so now you're, you get your first publishing deal, 50 bucks a week. How many songs are you turning out? You're like a song machine. How many songs are you turning out in your in your time there, your tenure there? And did anything, did, when did you have your first song that got produced and, and out in the world? Well, uh, I was getting people doing my songs uh, mm -hmm. early on. Uh, my good buddy, uh, James Lee Stanley, recorded uh, one James of my- James Lee. You know James? Very well. James is gonna be on the show in a few weeks. I love James. Yeah, he's an old pal of mine. I mean, we're, we've been friends for many years, mm. and uh, I mean, for many years. Um, you were kids? Uh, no, not kids, but you know. Uh, but you ought to be pretty young if, if he recorded one of your first songs. Oh yeah, I was I was in my uh, early 20s. Yeah, well. And it was great, it was a great time, and uh, I, was, I sang on his album, and, and then this other singer, Megan McDonough, recorded something of mine, and then, Bit by bit, I could afford to get uh, unemployment insurance because at one point I, I wasn't, you know, with any company and I was broke. And I was, let me tell you, so I'll, I'll say this for unemployment insurance, it's a really cool thing, you know. <laughs> I got $36 a week and wow. I was glad to get it, mm. let me tell you. Back then, that was rough. So now, when was, when, when did you, when did you start making... Uh, when did Money? you when did you have your first sale? What, what was your first sale? Like well, I know James Lee recorded. I, what was my first climbing rung? When on did the, it? Okay, and ladder. I know you were going door to door. So tell us a little bit about the door to door. Like whose house you were stopping at? Oh, it wasn't a house. It was uh, you know agency or you know it was like you know the such and such you know publisher. Or... No, wait, stop. I I am almost positive you told me a story about like going to like Bette Midler's house or somebody. Did oh yeah, you... yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would play for singers in person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did that. I did. Uh, I played for uh, <laughs> Melissa Manchester in person. I played for Bette Midler in person. I played for Diana Ross in person, and Smokey Robinson came by, which was amazing. Uh, and he heard me back then, you know, I was like 25. And uh, who else? Um, That's chutzpah. So, so, they, so you were going to their Barbara house? Barbara uh, Right, I remember that story yeah. too. So, so, well, tell us. So how did you play for Barbara Streisand? How did that happen? Okay, uh, let's, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of a joke, but there's no joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, uh, I had a, a semi-manager back then named Steve Jaffe. He was, he's a great guy. Mm -hmm. uh, he, um, he said, I'm, I really believe in you and you're the greatest. I want you to play for Barbara. And Barbara was one of his clients. You know, he was a publicist. So he, you know, hooked the whole thing up. And uh, to my surprise, uh, she was actually there. And, uh, you know, I... I Pretty much, you know, back then, this is so long ago now. It's, it's just had you had ago. a hit yet when this happened? Oh, no, no, no. I was just starting wow. out. Wow. Yeah. And so I I, um, I was waiting for with for her to come down the steps, uh, stairs, and I was with John Peters, her 
her hairdresser boyfriend. Hairdresser boyfriend back then. And he was a nice guy, and and I was just playing songs for him. And all of a sudden, she appears on this, you know, on this balcony that's inside the home. You know, her it was her living was like we had a balcony over there. You know, and she comes out in this Afghan thing with her hair done for *Stars Born*, and she looks amazing. And she goes, "Hi," <laughs> and I go, "Holy, that's a superstar." <laughs> She looked like a superstar. And, and she said, Stephen, is that you? I thought it was the radio. And I was like, cavelling, you know. <laughs> oh. Do you remember what you played? Yeah, I was playing One More Night, which she wound up recording. Well, did it happen that day? Did, did that day kind of make that happen? Not really. <laughs> so how did no, it she wound up doing it. Wound up doing it years later. Oh wow! Uh, with a different, you know, with this producer and, you know. Uh, so that day, how did how did that day go for you? Well, it was an amazing day because I they were like really chummy with each other and I was really excited to and I must have played about thirty songs for her. Oh my god! And. Uh, and she also, there's this line that uh, she loved, uh, where she asked me my sign, mm -hmm. and I said, oh, I'm a penis, I'm a penis with clitoris rising, and my moon is in Uranus, you know, so she wanted to use that in A Star is Born. Oh, stop. She was going to use it. Yeah, but she didn't. That's hysterical. You know, I just, <laughs> I just took my daughter to see her. Jamie Foxx just interviewed her at Netflix last week, and I took my daughter, and we got to see Barbara. She's still pretty... Oh, she's, yeah, she's amazing, yeah. Incredible talent. So did you stay friends with her because of that? Yeah, we go bowling every Tuesday. <laughs> no, but I mean, is she like, she must have warm feelings towards you. You came to her house and sang a bunch of songs for her. Uh, I think they're cold at this point. I don't think she has warm feelings for me. She, she'd probably go, oh, Stephen, yeah, he's nice. But she's good friends with the, the Birdmans. Mm-hmm. Who uh, are the people who, um, along with Dave Grusin, wrote "It Might Be You" that we do in the 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 promo uh, thing for the Philippines and everything. Okay, does that make sense? Kind of. <laughs> so and, and so so now so you did this very early on. How, how about Bette Midler? How did that happen? Bette Midler, I was just going to uh, visit a friend of mine, and she lived next door, and I just said, "Well, I wonder if she's home." <laughs> it's just that is on the such door. balls. And, and she opened the door? Yeah, she's about five feet high. She's very small. Ben Midler is one of the nicest people I've ever met in, in this, this business. She is a sweetheart. She's like a regular person. She's really nice. In my experience with her anyway, it's... Uh, so this friend of mine was really having a tough time. Jeff Jones still still is... Has Parkinson's I and I came to MS. that benefit. That oh, were you did. there? Yes, I was there. Oh, really? That was the first time I met you. Oh, wow. Yes. Well, that was a great, great benefit. It was. Um, but uh, she gave me, you know, some money for that, for oh. that, and I really appreciate it. It was really, really nice of her. Wow. So this day that you knocked on her door, what, what, what happened? She invite you in? She invited me in. I had my guitar with me. I said, "Hey, you want to hear some songs?" She said, "Sure. I'm recording soon." And no, I just sat down and played her a bunch of songs. Did anything resonate? You know, she's she recorded, I think, One More Night, she told me years ago. But no, it, she still hasn't uh, done a song of mine. 
Okay, so so okay, so you're knocking on doors. But other you, people have. Other people have. So <laughs> how does how does the success start to happen? So you're working other jobs. You're doing publishing deals. You're going on unemployment. How does success start to happen? Well, I was for about uh, two years. I was with the show band. Oh. Uh, and uh, they toured all over the United States and in Canada. And I had really long hair down to here. And I want a picture of that, Liz. Oh, I have, I have pictures. <laughs> she, she can get you pictures. And, uh, you know, I, I used to uh, sing. Uh, I used to be the lead guitar player. <laughs> and do what kind of stuff? Um, it's the way of love. You know, she'd wear, <laughs> she'd, she'd wear like, you know, sequin gowns and... You know, and uh, you know, we do these songs that were. Uh, See, so like a lounge, like a lounge band. One toke, one toke over the line, sweet Jesus. One toke over the, the line. Yeah. Um, okay, that kind of stuff. Okay, and so what kind of venues are you doing this stuff in? I don't know why we did one toke over the line. It was that they were such a too. clean outfit. Yeah. We used to play, you know. We used to play these army bases. It would just be oh, nothing wow. but guys. And she'd go, this is a dance number. And it was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, she was pretty funny. Her name was Zella Lear. And so was that like, was that, was it good for you because you were getting to play? Or was it hard for you because you weren't it playing the music? It was good for me because I was making money. I had to make yeah. money back then. I right. didn't know how else how to make money. And we played Laughlin, Nevada one time. And I watched this guy at the crap table bet and everything he did I copied and and I lost my entire oh, week's no. check. Oh. Yeah. He went down and I went down. And I was like, well that's <laughs> I lost all my dough. So was that it for you in craps? I like to play craps. Oh I love craps, yeah. yeah it's great. Alright, so so okay, so you're doing the show band, you're making a living. Right. Okay, and so how does that more what what does that morph into from there? What's next? Uh, well, actually, um, you know, I almost signed uh, to a publishing company at one point in 1974. And I was uh, very close to signing because they offered me, you know, a lot of money. But if I would have signed, I would have lost all my money publishing. publishing for On and On and all those songs. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad I never did it. What are you showing? Yeah. Garfunkel. Oh, so I know, I know. So I, and then um, in '74, uh, oh, my friend Leah. He's Kunkel, getting cued from Liz's his manager. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Which stories to tell? I love it. In '74, I got. Uh, oh no. There's a Garfunkel story coming, though. I fear. Yeah. I, no, I don't fear. I love art. There's a uh, um, yeah. So uh, my friend Leah Kunkel, who was um, Russ Russ Kunkel's wife, uh, or. Uh, Russ Conkle's ex-wife, and also, um, you know, Mama Cass's sister and stuff. So she, I knew her, she's, and still do, she's one of my dearest friends. Mm. And uh, she actually got, um, through her husband, uh, got, uh, he was doing a session with Garfunkel, mm -hmm. Art Garfunkel, and got some songs of mine to, to him, to, to a cassette, and he just loved them. This and is wanted, in the 70s. Yeah, the 70s, mm -hmm. 76, or 75. And so he wound up recording uh, two of my songs on his album Breakaway, and it went gold. And everybody. So this was is happy. the beginning. This is like the this is the, these are the this is the first sale. 
This is the first big sale of yours? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Well, it's not the first thing I did. The first thing I did was, uh, you know, I did that James Lee Stanley stuff, but mm -hmm. then uh, Garfunkel did a version of it. Um, I Only Have Eyes For You, you know, the song? Did you ever hear his version? It was, but, uh, that, that, was that was my wedding song. Oh, oh really? my first I swear. That is my wedding song wow, from my fun. first wedding. Yeah. Well, I'm singing on that Second record. Wedding. On, on Art Garfunkel's <gasps> No! I'm singing. He goes, he goes uh, I don't know if we're in a garden, and I go, <laughs> and then at the you end, you were at my wedding. And then at the end, he, uh, I go, you, I, I'm there, right on the record, going, ba 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 ba. I was into ba 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 back then. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Little okay, trivia. so now wait a minute. This is before Animal House. This is this is uh, this is before. Yeah, it's before Animal House. Yeah. What year is Animal House? 77. Okay, so so you're doing this stuff with Art Garfunkel. Um, how, how, so take us through. So what happens? So how does... Are there more hits before you get to Animal House? What What's, what's uh, going on there? He, Garfunkel winds up doing um, two of my songs. Um, and then they, they gave me the assignment. Uh, John Landis uh, said, can you write the theme to Animal House. So I got the script, wow. and I wrote the song from the script, you know, with all the characters, you know. Let me tell you about some friends I know. Kind of crazy, but you'll take the show. You know, I was doing, um, like, a um, Frankie Valley voice. Right. Because that was popular during the six, third 62, which is which when is the period Animal, Animal House, which is the period then. And how did you end up getting cast in the movie? How did that happen? Uh, he just said, do you, you want to be it? I said, so I came up to Eugene, Oregon, and um, hung around there, and uh, it was really fun. And, you know, back then it was so different, because, like, uh, Tom Hulse yeah. was there, and he was, like, goofing off, and... and um, that was some cast, Peter Rygert. Peter Rygert, and uh, uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, uh, Kevin Bacon. Oh. Kevin Bacon was just a young kid back then. I mean, he was like right. asking me, like, what's it like to be a rock star? <laughs> you know? That was probably his first movie, I think. <laughs> and Tim Matheson, that was an amazing cast. Mm -hmm. So, and you, for those of you who haven't seen Animal is that even possible that anybody hasn't seen Animal House? But Steven's the, the guy sitting on the stairs playing guitar. I gave my love a cherry <laughs> that had no chicken that had no bone I gave my love a story that had no end I gave and so what and so then John Belushi so did was, did, was that rehearsed or did John Belushi just get that on the oh, first no, day oh no no that was we did it twice <laughs> we shot it twice then you're also, you don't know John Belushi grabs the guitar smashes the guitar yeah and Steven's got the back of that guitar with everybody's signature on on his wall which is pretty crazy pretty Crazy. So, was Belushi crazy on that set? Well, um, Belushi uh, was a, d a different kind of a person. He was uh, mm -hmm. he was funny mm -hmm. and and witty and uh, kind of a brilliant comic, you know, and uh, actor. But uh, he had his moments of you know getting out there. I mean, I remember walking with him in New York with his wife. 
Judy, and we were going to find this, uh, I think we we're gonna eat at some Chinese restaurant. Mm -hmm. And people, back then he was doing the B. I mean, this is like a long oh, time yeah. ago. He was doing the B. Saturday Night Live, for those of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Saturday Night Live on Saturday Night Live, and, and uh, people go in the street, I heard them go, do the B, you know? <laughs> and he was like, you know, like, yeah, you know, get lost, you jerk, you know. He must have been, I can't imagine walking down the street with him in New York in those days and him getting two feet without being stopped. He oh yeah, so he was very popular, a very talented guy. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a, a a funny thing happened uh, in the, when he was doing Blues Brothers. I was in the trailer. Mm -hmm. I was in John Landis's trailer, just killing time till I, my scene was going to be on or mm -hmm. something. And I was watching uh, this really heavy, emotional uh, TV show or something. It was very heavy, and I was like standing up in the trailer. And Belushi comes in in his Blues Brothers outfit, mm -hmm. and he, he he pushes me down onto the couch there. And he goes, ah, ha, 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 like that. So I, I go, you know, ah, ah, you know, to him. And uh, I was mad. Uh, and so I, I got out of the trailer and I'm just walking around. And there was like a, a mall nearby. And I'm just walking around the mall. And about, you know, an hour, hour and a half later, you know, all of a sudden his gopher guy, the guy that did all this stuff for him, mm -hmm. finds me and he, he's, he he goes, where you been? I've been looking all over for you. And I go, what? Why? He goes, oh, Belushi feels so bad that he... Oh. So for the, re the rest of the time I knew Belushi, he would always bring that up. He would say, hey man, I'm really sorry. Oh, that's just too cute. Yeah, yeah. So he was a, you know, he was a different kind of guy. I, I, I miss him. I think he's the greatest guy. You've known a lot of amazing people. You know a lot of amazing people. You've lived a lot of life. Okay, so so you do Animal House. The the it did I would imagine nobody expected it to be the hit that it was. I I can't imagine that they expected. I think it's the number eighth biggest comedy of all time. It's just and and it and it does still hold up. Have you seen it, Liz? He made me watch it. He made you watch. Yeah, you know, right. That's what my kids say also. Oh, my mother made me watch. I gave her the video. I said. Hey. It. it didn't hold up for you. It's not funny for you. No, it's funny because it's still it, it still <laughs> makes a, me cry. It's, really it's, funny. it's hysterical, and and I was saying how Eliza Roberts. We have talked to Eliza recently, and uh, she has that great scene with uh, Tim Atz and those guys. That craziness. So okay, so you do Animal House, and and so you're you're in Coin now because you you've had some hits. You've had in Coin. Yeah, you got some money, right? Well, I mean, at some point, I. I did it all right, yeah. Oh, I mean, when on and on finally happened. Okay, so how did that happen? Well, how did you write I, that? I wound up, uh, because of the Garfunkel connection, mm -hmm. I wound up getting, uh, my good friend Richard Holland knew, uh, was uh, going with uh, Shaka Khan. And Shaka Khan's manager was mm -hmm. Robert Ellis, and so she put a good word. I worked for Bob Ellis. You're kidding. I, at, at Woody's in New York, yeah, Bob Ellis owned Woody's, a club in New York, with an art gallery upstairs. And what I, year was this? This was 1990, and um, wow. and he was my boss, Bob Ellis. Yeah. What was he like back then? Did he have? A, he was a wild man, is what he was. He was a wild, yeah, he was fun, wild, crazy right. guy. So wait, <laughs> you so tell me what what he was for you? What was your connection to he him? He was my manager. He was your manager. What year was that? 
That was 76. Jesus, was he wild then? Oh, yeah. Was he with Diana then? Yeah. Diana Ross, he was married to Diana. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he was wild. Yeah, wild. <laughs> that's the way. I, that's the word I would use. And uh, we toured, you know, we went to, um, his assistant was this girl named Trudy Green. Okay. Who was his, the publicist for him. Mm-hmm. And I wound up making her my manager in in. Uh, Wait, you fired Paris. Bob and took Trudy? Yeah, because Bob was preoccupied. <laughs> yes, Bob is often preoccupied. Uh, and he was preoccupied with the situation, and so. Uh, so How did he I, feel about you taking Trudy? Was that? Had that well, been... it was my only thing I could do. She went with me, and you know, this is like the days when. Early days, I made her my. Uh, I made. She's now a huge manager. You oh, know, cool. she works with Howard Kaufman. She manages. She managed Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson. Wow. Uh, Mick Jagger. Oh my God. Yeah, she turned into this big manager. And but she started I, I, with you. Started with me. <laughs> that's the truth. That's very cool. I made her a manager. She wasn't a manager. Liz, look what's in your future. Oh my there God. are Jacksons and, and Jaggers in your future. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so. People. No, well, there'll be the version of it that's 2018, whatever yeah. those. There aren't people like Jaggers and Jacksons, <laughs> though, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, okay, so. So, yeah, so I wound up uh, then going on to Trudy Green. We did. Um, so wait, but you, you mean, didn't did have on and on. Wait, how did, so how did on and on happen? Well, first we, I got with a record company. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, did my Careless album mm -hmm. uh, with Roy Halley, was who I originally started with, uh, who was uh, who was Simon and Garfunkel's producer. So is this when you step forward, and now you're not just a songwriter; now you're an artist. Yeah. You're the singer songwriter. Yeah. The, singer -songwriter. yeah. So um, yeah. So I I wound up making Careless, and then. Well, Save it for any day was a hit, and then we had okay, shock so on it. Let's stop. So, how did those songs come to be? How did how did Save It for Any Day? How, what was the motivation of that? What's the story? I wanted to write a hit. Yeah. I, I I really purposely wrote that to write a hit, and that's what I did. I okay, did. so I how do you sit down and write a hit? How do you, okay? I'm gonna write a hit. Well, now. I don't know, but it worked. Do but it helped. It, uh, other things helped it become a hit. My friend Jeff played bass on it and that he played a great bass line that was really catchy and mm -hmm. and then Shaka Khan then we had this little known guitar player named Eric Clapton on <laughs> so you know I mean it all helped uh, and how about on and on how did that how did that song happen on and on happened uh, you mean how it was written yeah uh, it, we I mean, want the stories behind the song we don't want to just hear well I wanted to write a hit come on there's some there's some there's some life behind these songs, right? You're scaring me. <laughs> there's no story behind this. Come on, on and on doesn't have a yeah, story. Yeah, there's a story. It's a okay, story. Okay. I mean, not a hell of a story, but you know, it's a story. <laughs> um, I was it was '75, mm -hmm. and I was uh, staying in. I was living in Silver Lake. Uh, I had a, uh, a duplex place, and I had a landlady who lived upstairs, and named Violet, and. Uh, you know, I was, uh, one day I walked down to the corner um, store and trying to get something. The dogs are going wild. Oh, God, what's wrong with them? I can't, I, I'm assuming that we're still on the air. My thing is not. Playing. Okay. They're just playing. Okay. I don't think you'll hear that. So, uh, no, so anyway, so, um, so I wound up taking out my little, you know, a little uh, tablet and I wrote down on and on as an idea. Mm -hmm. Just that simple, just on and on. Mm -hmm. That sounds good, on and on. 
Little did I know I'd be singing on and on for the rest of my <laughs> life. You know. So so the title came and so that happens for you often that it's it starts with a title. Oh, every time almost. I love I need a title. I write from titles too. I write articles, but I write yeah, from titles. Also. I like to write from titles. Um so so has anything like is do you have a song that like has a story like there's a there's a love lost or there's is 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 there a song that you wrote out of like angst of like emotion? No. Oh yeah, separate lives. Okay, so tell us the story of separate lives. Um, no, he doesn't want to. Tell no, no. <laughs> it's about, <laughs> it's about uh, a couple of things. It's about uh, someone I was I broke up with, and then it's also um, there's stuff in it about the uh, the movie. It was the uh, love theme for. Uh, uh, you know, White Knights. Oscar nominated. Oscar, I'm an Oscar nominee. He is, and a Grammy nominee. No, 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 right. no small stuff here. That's right. Um, so yes, so it was it was for the movie, but you wrote it from the angst of your. I'm trying to get. To, I'm, I'm trying to get like a story here. No, we're not well, going to get. We're not going to get a story. So, oh, do you want to do you want to play um, a little of those, like your little your medley of hits, or? One of the hits. You have to play them because people are screaming here. Everybody wants them. I can them. do several lives. Yes, please do. I don't know what's wrong. My guitar's so out of tune. It's a bish. It's not supposed to be out of tune. Yeah, right. It's the bish. Well, I'll turn my tuner on. Okay, while you're doing that, I'm going to oh, say yeah, hello to people. Let, All right, go ahead. Say hello or something. All right, I'm saying hello to Robin, to Deborah, to Phil. To Aris, hi Aris. Not that I was less excited about you, Phil. Um, Caroline, Andy Brown. I, I've known Andy Brown since I was 14. We were listening to you when we were. God, that's so crazy. Okay, uh, Silver Lies is like. Um... You have no right to ask me how I feel. No. <laughs> Damn, after that, you didn't even get her back? That's no, just and wrong. You know, it was weird. I, I've always thought that song is an angry song, but when I played it for the person I mm -hmm. kind of wrote about, kind of, um, you know, she said, oh, it's a lovely song. I was like, no, no. <laughs> it's angry. It's supposed to be angry. No, it's lovely. It's, I was like, Damn. Um, so have you have you used music as a way to woo? Did you woo your wife? Did you write a song for your wife when you were wooing her? Uh, I wrote a song uh, about her, but I didn't really <laughs> write it to woo her. If you want the facts, yeah, 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 I want the facts. <laughs> so you wrote it about her, but not to. She was already yours when you wrote it. Yeah. Uh, can we hear a little of that? Oh, I can. I can't no. play that. I don't. No, no. I can't play that. <laughs> Okay, no. Let's say no, no. That, I've been playing that a long time. It's a song called Love Is You. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. 
Will you, will you play? If you don't play a little on and on, I'm ne I will never be forgiven. Did you bring your foot massage oil? Yeah, I've got the foot <laughs> massage oil in the car. Okay. I promise. If that's the story then. Oh look, see you're, get, you're getting hearts because people are excited because on and on is coming, so they're shooting up the hearts. Mm -hmm, yeah. There. <laughs> it so so you're kind of a guy that that can write for for stuff like you, the, the, this new song that's for Benji and you wrote the theme song for Animal House you also wrote the theme song for Tootsie so what comes first Did no they, I didn't did, do that they did you what you didn't no what I didn't write that song I thought you did no <laughs> I didn't I'm sorry but I didn't it was written by Alan and Marilyn Bergman and Dave Grusin and oh. I always say that because they're great songwriters and they deserve any accolades I throw their way. So I didn't know you did other people's that you recorded other people's. Very songs. rarely. So how did that happen? How did the Tootsie thing happen? Well, that happened because uh, I got a call from uh, these agents, uh, Mike Gorfain and uh, Sam Schwartz, and uh, they Couple wanted me to. They got. They got. They um, figured it out. So they 
they were, I guess, working with Columbia, and mm -hmm. uh, they had me come in and uh, watch uh, an early edit uh, of uh, Tootsie, which was like really long, like about three and a half hours long. You know, it was totally different. I wish I had a copy of that because wow. it was all different scenes and it was a whole different thing. So it was Kenny Loggins and Tempt. They used his music as Tempt music back, uh -huh. back then, but I guess they wanted, you know, somebody fascinating. So, <laughs> uh, so you were already like you were already a hit from your own music. So yeah. we want that guy. They say yeah, yeah, yeah. we want him. <laughs> that strange guy. So you watch, so you watch the thing, but the song. So I watched, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, oh. and then I, I had to go listen to the song. So I drove to Santa Monica, mm -hmm. and Dave, the incredible Dave Grusin uh, played it for me and sang it, kind of a rough vocal, you know. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, this is a, this is a good song. I, little did I know this song would be with me for the rest of my life. All of my life. I all, right, all right, all right, all right. I hate to do that. You have to. Little, please. Oh come, no, come good on. Good thing I'm making a lot of money. It's from a this. good thing. <laughs> all right, just a little. Let's see. Time. I've been passing time, watching trains go by. All of my life, lying on the sand, watching sea. Hoffman, Jessica Lange, just the whole thing is happening. Whoa. I mean, it, it was written by some really great songwriters. It's a great song, and it was perfect for that movie. And they wrote it, I think, uh, really quickly. You know, it was like a kind of a quick. We need it right now. And they, poor Kenny Loggins, he got booted out of that one, huh? Well, I guess so. He's on enough movies. Yeah, I guess. So. He and I wrote a song. Really? Yeah, it's on. Where is it? It's one of these guys. Um, we wrote a song together called, uh, uh, well, it's on his fire, it's on his album, Keep the Fire, and it's called, uh, Give It Half a Chance. Oh, I love that. You know that song? <laughs> yeah, that's a great song. Give it half a chance. Yeah, we wrote that together. And then he never talked to me again. Really? You know, what are you going to do? So <laughs> call him right now. So have you had, have you had other interesting, what other interesting collaborations have you done? Well, I wrote a song with uh, Eric Clapton called Holy Mother that's on my new album, oh, Blueprint. Wow. Is, is this, this is the album that John Guillotin did? Is this, is this, this one? Yeah, yeah, John Guillotin. Guillotin. I, he just got married. Congratulations, John. That's right. That's, um, uh, yes, and this is a wonderful, we'll, we'll put the links to all of this stuff so people can, um, so you wrote it with Clapton, that? That doesn't yeah. sound too bad. No. Um, what was that experience like working with Clapton? Well, I was, 
I was, uh, you know, he played on my first album. He played on Sam for Rainy Day and, and a couple other things. And, you know, I was... Uh, How did you meet Clapton? Well, I met Clapton through Bob Ellis because Bob Ellis was hanging around um, um, the... Who's the guy in the Stones? You know, uh, uh, Ron... Wood? Ronnie Wood. Hmm. So uh, he was hanging around here at, the, at hmm. him at the Shangri-La... Uh, studio, but that's that's and Woody's was the club, and it was Ron Wood's club. That's where I worked for him. That's funny. So he was friends with Ron Wood yeah. back then. Okay. Well, he managed him. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. he managed him. So, so anyway, so um, so I wound up, uh, you know, he can't. He he got him to come by the studio, mm -hmm. and, and uh, so I I you know I. Uh, I was I was thrilled. I mean, he came in and it was uh, you know, and it was like uh, wow, Eric Clapton. I saw him with Cream, you know, in San Diego. Oh yeah, you know, amazing uh, guy, amazing guitar player. But we became friends, and uh, we're still friends. And uh, that's yeah, really cool. Good friends. Nice, nice perks of the gig. We haven't we haven't gone bowling lately, but we do have go, have sushi sometimes, and it's. Explore the wonder of Iwashi sushi. Uh, that's sardine. Is it? It's really good, though. It's really good. One time I saw Clapton in the Rite Aid. Uh, wow. Right down here in Hollywood. That's just wrong. And I was just like, what is Eric Clapton doing in Rite Aid? It's not wrong. It's Rite Aid. It's, ri it's Rite Aid. That's right. Know that's right. What was he buying? If everyone oh, wants to. one of my songs. No, but this What's is a up? mental image Never we need to go. have. What is Eric Clapton buying at the Rite Aid? What is in his basket? I don't know, but Come I had to get dog food, so he was with me when I was getting dog food. What, wait, what's the Phoebe song? What's the song of yours that Phoebe did? It's not that easy. So nice to see you. It's been too long since I was holding you. I've been holding on to a breath. Cause my dreams never seem to come true. So are you still writing like, are you still writing, machine? do you still write a ton of songs? Is that still your thing? A ton. A ton. A gazillion. <laughs> a ton. No, but you have like 600 songs. No, I know, like I know. I just wrote a song in between that statement. <laughs> there was a pause there and I, I took advantage of it. So, so like how... So I've got a new song, a water bottle. So how did... Oh, my water bottle. So... Water bottle, I love you. Take us through, is it something that you sit down and decide to do, or is it something that just happens for no, you at this no, point? No, it, it needs to happen lately. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, you go through periods of time where, you know, it's like I need to write, uh, and I'm ready to write, okay. but and, I, and every time I pick up a guitar to write, I'm like, yeah, I'm like all there. There's this element of laziness that comes over me that, uh, you know, you're missing a really good, you're missing Naked and Afraid. Yeah. And, and I want to be <laughs> Naked and Afraid right. with the people. So I, I wind up <laughs> getting, uh, I wind up not writing a song. I should write Naked and Afraid. There was, I'm Naked and Afraid. No, I don't know if that would work. Could you write a song for me called Clapton at Rite Aid? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would. How does that go? For small fee. Okay. So, so, so do you write every day? What's your, what's your, it, yeah, do, you, no. do you write every day? You know, uh, people should go to my website because I have an amazing website. I used to have the, the worst website. Now I have the best at website. Yay, It's an amazing website. StephenBishop.com. Stephen with a PH, of course. And uh, it's it's got uh, like 15 films there. Uh, it was done oh. by this uh, little-known phenomenon called Liz Caplet. Yay! Caplet. Yes! And, uh, yeah, and it's really good. It's really good. Anyway, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Well, I was saying, do you, are you still in, are you still, do you attempt to write every day? Is that, is it part, no. That's no. like Randy Newman and somebody quality. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish I was like that. That's like Jimmy Webb and Randy Newman. Those guys, like, they go to some outhouse place or something, and they write these incredible songs with a piano, and, you know, I mean, sh- I mean, Randy Newman's just a, beyond a hero of mine. He's a, I saw him when I was in college. But I heard he was ill a few years ago. Oh, is, really? is he okay now? I don't know. Yeah, because I heard, I don't know, I hope he's, I I hope what he's the well. Newest is, but is, yeah, I see him on late night TV sometimes. So, so is there anything that you haven't done that, that lays ahead, that you, lies ahead, that you'd still, I mean, I know you're doing this documentary and you're, you're going back out on tour. Do you like to go out on tour? Is it fun for you? Uh, sometimes. It, okay. It's arduous. There's a lot of traveling. Uh, it's a lot of traveling. You know, I, I mean, ultimately, someday, I would like to get to a point where I can make money just sitting at home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've done a lot of shows. I've been doing shows since I was 15. I did, I was with the Weeds. Uh, we played the Del Mar Fair. Uh, and I was like, you know, 15 years old. I have pictures of me there. And I've been doing that since then. So I mean, I'm I, I go out every year. I'm playing places, playing places. But I mean, it's it's fun. It's just um, I would like to explore some other creative ah, ve- the, venues. Okay, like what? What what? Like for, uh, well, I did this one thing with my book very Songs cool. in the Rough. <laughs> it's very cool. And when did uh, this come out? This came in in '96. It's a very cool book. Yeah. It sold out in its first printing. Nice. Yeah. So. Do you want to write? Do you do you write pro? Do you write? No, I not really. But mm-hmm. I, I I do want to do a book on my life and Excellent. and also I have two halves of scripts that uh, one about the weeds, uh, <laughs> and the other one about. Is uh, it a comedy? Yeah. Okay. The other one uh, called the songwriter guy, and that's <laughs> about song. me as a songwriter <laughs> in those early days. So I really want to, you know, try and make movies out of these scripts and get into that and and do some of these things, you know. I I love that. I yeah. think that's exciting. It is exciting. Okay, so before we go, is there is there anything that's hasn't been recorded yet that you've written lately that you love or anything you'd like to play us out on? Something from the new CD? Uh, I don't I don't know. Well, I Something from the new CD. Yeah, let's sell some CDs. Play one of these songs. Let's sell some CDs. I just know depressing songs. uh, (laughs) God. No, love songs aren't depressing. Well, yeah, Blue Windows are depressing. Should I do Blue Window? Sure. All right, all right. This is pretty. We're going to go out with Stephen playing Blue Windows, and and we'll see you next week on the road to Yeah.
flew home today from somewhere far away. Sat down in my chair, turned my TV on, see the world out there. Saw a plane go down. Rebel troops on hot, hallowed ground. We've got a new hospital. The sending men of peace up a steep, steep hill. Tell me, have you? The homeless souls sleeping in cardboard boxes. We make more guns, enough to blow everyone to kingdom come. And the wind of change trickles down. Somebody's pain Headline news Tell me Have you Seen The world Through my blue Window Through my blue Window Have you Seen The world Through my Stephen Bishop, the link will be on my Facebook. <laughs> See you next week. All right.